Well, good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure and an honor to be able to uh, deliver this message to us from Leviticus chapter 19. I hope you'll turn there. Uh, it's the, the place where we will be and where we shall remain for the entirety of this lesson. It's kind of it's neat to be able to turn to a book that is looked at as well if you've read it recently it's it's hard to get through there's so much technical aspect to it about the the Jews and how they were to be this holy nation and that's the command for for us is to be holy God tells us for I, the Lord, your God, am holy. He has a specific manner in which he wants us to approach him. He has just removed them from the land of Egypt, where they had this terrible tyrant of a master. Pharaoh was, was a horrible master to him. But God saved them, and he says, I'm going to bring you out to me. I'll be your master, and I'm going to be this wonderful, great master. But that doesn't mean you just get to do whatever you want. And he says, you, if you're going to be with me, if you're going to claim me as your God, the great, I, almighty, powerful I am, if, you, if I'm going to be your Lord, then you've got to be able to approach me in the right way. And I'm holy, so you must be holy. And it's neat in the midst of Leviticus with all of its technical information about the, uh, about the sacrifices, about the, uh, how the everything was to be built and made and how the priests were to act and to, to what they were to wear and how they, what they could eat and not eat. You have this chapter, verse chapter 19, that has some great practical information. We've already looked at this chapter a couple of weeks ago and talked about how God was telling them, hey, if you whatever I've done for you, you need to do for others. If I've been kind to you and you were the aliens down in Egypt and I delivered you, then you need to go out and treat other people with grace and compassion too. So now we're going to look at some other very simple, practical things that we can consider. And I'm just going to ask that you um, pick out a couple of these things. We're going to talk about many of them, just simple concepts for the most part. Consider them and pick one that you need to do, something you need to change, some way that you need to act. And it's based upon what God called us to in the Old Testament that are just some very good principles for life. So, uh, you shall be holy is the command for us. And we're going to consider that right now. The first command after God telling the people that, hey, I'm your God, I'm holy. You need to be holy. The very first thing he says in verse number three, every one of you shall reverence his mother and his father. So here's a command. He starts out talking to the little kids, right? To the children who are at home and under the care of their parents. They're, they're called to fear their parents and reverence their parents. Now, as you think back to Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, the Ten Commandments, he tells, uh, he tells them to children, honor your father and mother. He uses a different word here, and he says, reverence your father and mother. Fear them. Respect them. A deep respect. And it's a word that here, this idea of reverence them, as the New American Standard has it, that brings us to think very much about God is asking us to treat our parents like we would treat him. We are to honor them and reverence them like we reverence him. And so that's a high command. But I was wrong, wasn't I? 
It wasn't just to the little children. This command isn't just for young people who are at home. The whole congregation of the sons of Israel have been gathered together. This is for everyone. So we need to stop and think, just consider for a moment. How are we reverencing, respecting our parents, even when we're grown? How can I do this? How can I treat them better? How can I honor them almost as if I'm honoring God? What can I do for my parents? How should I treat them? Um, just just think, uh, one of the great things I love to think about, and I even see it on this Zoom meeting sometimes, is that there are grown children who are taking care of their parents, reverencing their parents, honoring their parents, doing being with their parents, talking, you know, they're in constant communication with their parents. That's reverence. That's how we should be to God. We just think, what, what would God think if he says, reverence me and um, honor me, and we never talk to him? What if we never pray to God? What would that say? So we need to ask the same thing about our parents then. How can we honor our parents? Talking with them, seeing what they need, uh, spending time with them. That is one way we can honor and reverence our parents. And there might be other things you can think of too. What can I do to do this better? And that's going to be the question uh, for all of every one of these. Is just is this is this something I need to work on? If it is, put a little check mark by it or something, and and focus on it. And it might be some of us might even have parents who've passed away, and the question might come: Well, how can I how can I better show better respect and reverence for my parent who is already gone? And that might get us to think about how I need to change what I'm doing now. So just some uh, some thoughts, some principles to consider. The thought doesn't end there. Then it's the as we have it in our Bibles. The sentence continues: Every one of you shall reverence his father and his mother and his father, and you shall keep my Sabbaths. Now this is if you study out the the idea of a Sabbath. There's no New New Testament command that says, keep my Sabbath. But this is a great principle. And I just put this forward for you to think about. You work six days. On the seventh day, you rest. That's the principle. You're doing something. You're devoting your time to something for six full days. On the seventh day, you pause and you rest from it. You put that away. And I think, you know, for uh, for folks who you spend, you spend six days, or in our culture, it's five days, isn't it? So you spend five days working hard. You're sitting at a computer. You're sitting at a desk working hard on, this, on the seventh day or the, the sixth day, whatever it is, uh, you, you pause. You do something different. And I think the idea of... If, if your work is sitting at a computer on the, on the day that you pause from that, you better be doing something active. You do something different. You can't just focus on the one thing constantly. You've got to take a break from it. That's some good, a good recipe for a good life and a happy life and a successful life. You'll be, better, you'll be more successful at your work, whatever it is that you do, if you take a break from it every once in a while and do something a little bit different. Verse number four says, do not turn to idols or make for yourselves molten gods. 
Don't make uh, the ESV I learned says don't make gods of cast metal. Uh, so that's, you know, cast metal. What's the closest thing that we would serve that would be cast metal? I didn't think to, I probably got a coin within reach here, here somewhere, but we take money is a lot of times, you know, coins, it's cast metal. Don't make idols. Don't, don't make idols out of anything. Trust God. He, he has brought them, you know, and you talk about a hard lesson. God has taken them from the awful taskmaster that they had in Pharaoh and brought them out to the wilderness. He's a great and wonderful God. But it's not, he's going to teach them this wonderful lesson of out here in the wilderness, the only way to survive is to trust me. And oh, how often they complained and how they, they lost their lives because they complained to God. We just trust God. Consider what he has done. Trust him. Don't turn to anything else. And in this day and age, it's, we shouldn't, don't turn to idols. Don't turn to, don't turn to the government. You got to trust God. The God is the one who is going to help you get through this. Be holy before him. Follow his ways and he'll see you through this. Don't trust anything else except God. Money isn't going to save you. Uh, the government's not going to save you. It is turning to God, reverencing him. That is what we must do. So some practical advice right there. Now verses five through eight, let me read this quickly. It says, now when you offer a sacrifice of peace offerings to the Lord, you shall offer it so that you may be accepted. It shall be eaten the same day you offer it and the next day. But what remains until the third day shall be burned with fire. So if it is eaten at all on the third day, it is an offense. It will not be accepted. Everyone who eats it will bear his iniquity, for he has profaned the holy thing of the Lord. And that person shall be cut off from his people. Now, this is what he commands for his sacrifice. Uh, this sacrifice, if you, if you make this sacrifice and it's an, a sacrifice that will be eaten, don't eat it on the third day. You can eat it the day you sacrifice it. You can eat it the next day, but don't eat it the third day. For this day and age, that time back then, when they didn't understand about bacteria and viruses, they, God gave them a bit of wisdom that they were going to do if they practiced this and follow them. It was, going to, it was not only going to just make them right before God, that they were just following his ways. But there's a little bit of scientific foreknowledge here, isn't there? God knew that if they kept that meat longer, it developed bacteria. There would be all kinds of viruses, all kinds of bad things, germs that you can't see. If you eat it, it's going to be bad. Don't do it. And so we, we understand that God is um, the God, the creator. He understands how things work, follow his ways. There's a bit of foreknowledge that God uh, declared back then. So we praise God for his wonderful Wonderful way that he proved that he was truly God. All right, on to verses 9 and 10. Now when you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not reap to the very corners of your field, nor shall you gather the gleanings of your harvest, nor shall you glean your vineyard, nor shall you gather the fallen fruit of your vineyard, nor shall you, excuse me, you shall leave them for the needy and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. All right. So here it's, you know, 
Well, God of the Old Testament, oh, he was a mean, brutal God, an angry God. No, God says, take care of the needy. Take care of strangers. Don't don't dehumanize them. Don't think that my stuff is my stuff and nobody else is going to get it. Be, be it, Your stuff is your stuff, but share, be generous, be kind. That's because God has been kind to you. You should be kind to others. And he puts it into his law. Not only does he get a tenth of the harvest, but he's also telling you, don't even take the whole harvest. You're giving up some of it even before you take it in. Be kind to the needy and strangers. They are people too. Don't dehumanize others. Often we do that. We think of ourselves as good and kind and generous. And then we see somebody else do something. Well, they're bad. They're evil. What's wrong with that person? When we do something wrong or when we're a little bit stingy with something, we, well, I'm just human. You know, I, I'm, everybody makes mistakes sometimes. But, oh, did you see that other person? I can't believe they did that. We do dehumanize others and we need to look at others as God sees them. And we need to do for others what God has done for us. So consider that when we think of the, the needy, um, the, the strangers, the aliens in the land, God's been kind to us. We better be kind to others. All right, on to verses 11 and 12. You shall not steal, nor deal falsely, nor lie to one another. You shall not swear falsely by my name, so as to profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. So, good bit of wisdom here. Don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie, don't swear falsely. Be holy, because God is holy. A little bit of warning there when he says, I I am the Lord. You better do this. Listen. Don't steal, don't cheat, don't lie, don't do things in the wrong way. Verse 13. You shall not oppress your neighbor, nor rob him. The wages of a hired man are not to remain with you all night until morning. Very simple information here. Very good moral teaching. Don't oppress, don't rob people. And don't withhold payment. If, if you've hired somebody, pay them. That's how it should work. Verse 14. You shall not curse a deaf man, nor place a stumbling block before the blind. You shall not, or excuse me, I'm keep putting that word not in there when I don't need it. You shall not curse a deaf man, nor place a stumbling block before the blind, but you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. This verse was interesting to me um, because I think of these, it wasn't too long ago, these scooters came out and they started putting them all over the city. And and uh, we used to see them thrown here and there and everywhere on the sidewalk. And I always thought it looked bad. And uh, I know Holly didn't like it. And that looks terrible. And we'd, we'd talk about it about every Sunday. One Sunday, though, she said, this, you know, they need to make a law against that because it's, it, it, can, you, can you imagine the people who are blind and trying to make their way down the street? It's hard enough. And then all of a sudden you got scooters out in front of them and another, it's a stumbling block. And I wasn't thinking about them, but it's interesting. God here is, he's, he's, the, he's the original one who is saying, be thoughtful towards others and think about those who have special needs. Verse number 14, don't curse a deaf man. Well, you can't hear me. Don't do it. 
Don't dehumanize them. Treat them as God wants you to treat them. And you don't place a stumbling block before the blind. Be considerate of them. That's what we must do. Think about others and even those who who are different than us, who have needs that are different than us. Be considerate. To do otherwise would dishonor God. He's considerate of us. We should be considerate, considerate of others. Now on to verse number 15. Uh, verse 15 reads, You shall do no injustice in judgment. You shall not be partial to the poor, nor defer to the great. But you are to judge your neighbor fairly. Fairness. Oh boy, that's a big word nowadays, isn't it? You know, sometimes people who want to be who say it isn't fair, it isn't fair. They're the ones being unfair. And God's saying, you know, just be fair to everyone. Judge fairly. Don't be partial to the great. Don't be partial to the rich, but also don't be partial to the poor. Be fair. You know, this is a great temptation, I think, is a, well, the rich, they've already, you know, they've, they've got this and that, every advantage, so we need to kind of take something away from them. It's easy to do that. Well, the poor, poor, you know, we need to, we need to help them. Well, we need, we do need to help them, but that doesn't mean to, to, to take judgment. And we're talking about judgment here. This, these are matters that are important, you know. Be, be fair to everyone. Be fair. Don't treat somebody else better than another just because of the amount of money that they have or their importance in society. Treat everyone equally. That's God's wisdom. Verse number 16. You shall not go about as a slanderer among your people, and you are not to act against the life of your neighbor. I am the Lord. Very closely related to this idea of fairness, but don't don't talk bad about people. Don't stand up against people and actually stand for them. And I, and I hear this. It's kind of like just stand for life, stand for people. When we view people as God sees them, we will stand for them. Don't act against people. Don't act against their life. Try and help everyone in every way. Everyone. Uh, so don't be partial. Now I'm going to skip, uh, some passages here, but I want to go on down to verse number 32. Here's another bit of wisdom. And, and I say, skip them. I've, I've actually covered a couple of weeks ago. We covered a lot of this chapter. So, um, verse number 32 says, you shall rise up before the gray headed and honor the aged and you shall revere your God. I am the Lord. Here's another bit of wisdom is to to honor the elderly, honor those who are older than us. If we do otherwise, it it is to dishonor God. So, and this is, you know, it kind of goes to young people a lot, you know, who are real young. You got to remember that the older folks have been through what you're going through. You need to respect them and listen to what they say and honor their judgment. But also, it's even when you disagree with them, uh, and this is, this is true for everybody, no matter what age, even if you disagree with somebody who is older, or you don't like something they do, or if they're of a, of a different uh, 
thought, you know, just a different uh, part of society than you, you still honor the aged. Always do that as best you can. And that's not to do so to the dishonor of God. If somebody is dishonoring God, you can still tell them the truth, no matter who it is. But honor those who are older than you. All right, so some wids, bits of wisdom. It's it's neat to see all of this uh, in the Old Covenant. We get a glimpse of how does God see people, and then we also understand, well, if he sees people like this, he's telling us to take care of those with special needs. If he's telling us not to be partial, but to always be fair. If he's telling us all, you know, to honor our parents and revere our parents, all this is wonderful wisdom and good advice for anybody in any society. And it's nice to see this in the middle of the, the old covenant. It's, it's not just about do this, do that. It's, it's look at people like God looks at people. Treat others like God treats you and how he wants you to treat others. That's the only way to be holy. That's how we must be holy. And as we um, as we took communion this morning, we really, you know, we we look at that and we consider this is this is so important. Uh, this idea of holiness, uh, it, the, the words that were read this morning, it was said, um, whoever takes of this bread and this cup in an unworthy manner. He drinks judgment to himself. He brings that judgment upon himself. And God's there saying again, Jesus reminds us that we are to be holy for he is holy. So every one of these things is important. Every aspect of our life is important. We need to seek holiness. We need to try to be what God wants us to be or else we're not accepted. Now we fail in that so often. And that's why it's that's why it's God brings us back to the table every Sunday, and he, it's always a reminder. All right, you on the right path? If you're not on the right path, you better get there, or you're not going to be accepted. You need to be holy, for I am holy. But when we come to Him and we we honor Him and we do seek Him, even though we fail, we we seek to let Him work in our lives. He picks up the slack for us, and we're in it together. And God is God saying, "All right, you do your best. I'm going to keep on forgiving you. Now get on the right path again." And He He loves to to help us along the way, and He proved that when He sent His own Son to die for us. He's saying, "I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to take care of what you can't take care of," and He sent Jesus to die for us. We didn't deserve that. What we deserve is eternal punishment in hell, but Jesus somehow took, bore that, bore our sins on the cross. And so we're so very thankful for what he's done for us. And so for God to say, be holy for I am holy, we shouldn't say, oh, I can't do it. Forget that. You're way too holy. I can never achieve it. Achieve it. God, you know, we shouldn't approach him like that. We should say, God, you sent your son to die for me. I'm going to do everything I can for you. And I want to seek to improve every day of my life. And that's the Christian life. God loves that when we live according to his ways as best we can. He loves it when we say, I'm, I'm sorry I failed. Please forgive me of that sin like you've forgiven me of so many others, dear God. And help me to be on the right path. Help me to look at people properly. Help me to treat others right. Help me to be holy for you are holy. So I, I'd ask 
I want to challenge everybody today with these a couple of things. First of all, if you're you're already a believer in Jesus and you're giving your life to him in baptism and are, are walking the walk with him, then I want you to pick two of these things that you're going to try and improve on this week. Focus on just circle it, put a check mark by it. You know your situation. You know what you need to do, how you can live better for, for Jesus. Pick two and, and put it into practice. Focus on it this week. If there's anybody who is not a Christian yet, the the gospel is declared once again as it's declared every Sunday is that Jesus died to save you and he he makes you holy in baptism. He washes all your sins away. If you believe in him, believe in this Jesus who took your sins on the cross, you can give your life to him and, and live for him forever and start this path of walking a holy life. Instead of walking and doing things for yourself, you can walk with Jesus. And I encourage you to give your life to Christ. Uh, don't delay. We none of us know when our when our last day or our last last breath will come. Live for Jesus and be holy, because someday you're going to come into this presence of a holy God, and you're going to be like, "That's what holiness means." I don't never understood holiness until I saw God. Well, we get a glimpse of Him here and now through the Holy Scriptures, because we learn about God. And we are, we're, we're learning that he is holy beyond our imagination. He is more powerful and good and loving than we can even imagine. So give your life to him now, because someday you're going to come into his presence. So let him make you holy now through the cleansing of the blood of Christ that we, we, have play, we are placed in and clothed with Christ. It is it baptism. Give your life to him and start living that holy life. Don't delay. If anybody in the church needs prayers, you, you all can call me anytime. You can even call me in this moment right now. Anybody needs to be pat, baptized, we'll make arrangements. Um, I, I don't think we need to uh, figure out the six-foot arrangement for that. We'll just do it and figure out how to how to walk wisely after that and deal with it. But if you need to respond, won't you please let me know. And we're going to sing this song of encouragement to help you make a decision if you need to do anything today. Um, So now is the time for our song. Let us sing together.